Welcome to the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, where we talk about the week's big political stories. I'm Mike Siluma. In this week's episode, together with my guests, we will talk about the importance of public institutions and the responsibility of political leaders to support them. Also, this week, we'll try to understand what's going on in the ANC alliance, following Cosatu's decision to, again, support the ANC in the municipal elections. This icon is racist. I've never, ever been a spy. Can the PBS bank loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, honorable chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shape. Can you please come in? Let's welcome now our guest, uh, Professor Mkulisin Lejana, uh, who teaches politics at the University of Johannesburg, as well as uh, Sibama Wankeshoba, who's the Sunday Times politics editor. Uh, Prof, let me start with you. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, we have seen a lot of, uh, of uh, shall I call it, controversy uh, about the decision uh, of the IEC, first to go to the Constitutional Court to see if, if they can postpone the election, and then secondly, to reopen uh, the, the, the nomination, the candidate nomination process alongside the, the, the voter uh, registration uh, uh, process. Uh, Helen Zille, the DA federal chair, was at the forefront of uh, of the attacks on the on, on the IEC, um, and she seems to have been questioning the motives uh, of, of the IEC, implying collusion, you know, between the ANC and and and, and, and the, even even collusion between uh, the ANC and the and and the, and the Concord, you know, uh, implicitly. Did she have a case? Well. Um... I think decisions by the IEC, uh, especially because they affect political parties, they affect the fortunes of political parties and in turn impact on the livelihoods of politicians, are always likely going to be t- uh, contested by political parties. Um, and, and, and they have to really, uh, Mike, um, they are, they, they, there is no reason why uh, uh, any individual, really, if they don't find any reason in what a public institution says, should not question that. Um, but of course, all these decisions are also subject to legal challenges. Um, what is important is that once a court has ruled uh, showing the or affirming the validity of any decision taken by, by a public institution, then parties have to abide by that. Um, so, so one is not concerned that an IC decision was contested, was questioned. Um, it's part of the cause. However, in any democratic society, you always have independent arbiters who come in, such as courts. Uh, and so once a court has pronounced on the authenticity of the decision, then, you know, uh, you expect everybody to abide by that decision. If they still attack the decision, then you have something to worry about. So, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about the TA contesting IEC decision. The, the, I mean, you've just made a, a distinct a distinction between contesting using process, uh, following, for example, someone could go to the courts, challenge, ask for a review, etc. Et, et um, versus, on the other hand, just making almost. Uh, 
for going by rumor almost, you know, or, or casting aspersions on an institution and its decisions, but without following through, you know, by challenging it formally. Um, would that not serve to undermine a public confidence in that, you know, if, if someone as senior as as a Helen Zille or any of the other political parties, whether it's uh, Julius Malema or, you know, a, any of them, where to stand up because they've got followers. What, what, what would be the implication of that? Because they are not private individuals in, in, in that sense. Well, well, anything said by a public figure um, gets some kind of uh, attention. It gets a huge audience. And, and because these are adult figures, uh, at times whatever they say is instantly believed, regardless of whether or not it's true. Um, and politicians know that. So they exploit the gullibility of their followers. Um, that's part of politics. Um, however, a more discerning uh, person would however realize quite soon that if a politician has a gripe, and yet does not follow up that gripe with a legal challenge, for instance, then, then it soon becomes clear that that gripe is hollow. It's just rhetoric. Uh, and so it loses credibility. Um, because all, politicians are also wary of losing credibility. They would prefer to make statements, especially those who take themselves seriously. There are idiots out there, of course, in our buffoons, but those who take themselves seriously prefer to make statements that are credible and that can be proven, especially if it is an accusation. So the, the system is a way of correcting itself. If you make a stupid uh, statement and it is proven to be stupid, then you are you become a laughingstock, a part of jokes. Um, and so at some level, there's an obligation of politicians uh, to only complain about legitimate issues and issues that they can take to court and prove their veracity. So, so the system is a way of correcting itself to some degree, obviously. Uh, do you think that uh, the, the IEC itself uh, could have handled the matter differently? Uh, th- thank you so much, Bill Mike. Um, background in this situation is, is very important that <clears throat> the IEC had gone to the, to the, to the, co- to the Constitutional Court after receiving a report. Um, from the panel that it appointed um, uh, to 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 investigate this matter, um, and 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 they went there based on the recommendations of that report, and now it's now history that they they eventually lost um, because what they wanted was to propose, postpone the elections um, to, to 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 next year, um, but um, they didn't get that. They didn't get what they wanted, and and now we are here. Um, understanding from from Ellen Ziller's point of view, um, because she 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 says that um, on the IEC is that in March this year, the IEC um, communicated that it was ready to 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 hold the elections in March, and and then when the matter was raised, the matter of the of the of the pandemic and um, and, and, and 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 the possibility of the uh, the elections becoming a super spreader, then they had to appoint that panel held by the former Deputy Justice Tikhang uh, Moseneke, um, and 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 which then resulted in them going to court, and and having to um and having to 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 ask the court to to allow for that extension that that that, that, that was not granted, and 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 Helen Zile says what has changed between then. 
and um, and and now be, between March and the time that they went to court. Um, I I think Pramak the IEC maybe should have um, should have not committed um, earlier and 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 should have um, uh, uh, taken that approach. Of, of appointing that uh, panel if there were doubts around the election, because there's always been doubts around that. I, I, I think the source of, um, of this conflict is the fact that the IEC uh, changed positions. Um, uh, initially, we were ready to have these elections, and then, then comes this report coming from them, coming from the, from, from the panel, and all of a sudden, the IEC now rushes to the Concord to say, actually, um, we are we are requesting an extension. We we think that we can't hold the elections, and then we'll move them to next year. And, and and I think that the IEC should have um, should have communicated um, one position on the matter uh, from the onset. And, um, and and I don't think we'll be in the situation we are in right now. If I can just add, if I can just add to that, Bramaik, I think the IEC was unusually timid. Uh, they should have taken a decision from the very answer without even including Justice Moseneke. Uh, because they had done by-elections uh, in the previous year there, we had more than 150 countries throughout the world running elections. There are a lot of lessons to be to, to learn from those countries. And the IEC is a global player, so they could talk to almost everybody about what precautions to follow this and that. They were quite timid. They 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 did not want to take a decision which would have turned out perhaps was wrong and they would have been blamed. So they didn't want to suffer any backlash. So what they did was to hide behind Moseneke and say, please take a decision for us to cover themselves because they don't want to deal with whatever fallout that would have, that would have happened uh, later. So that was, that was lack of leadership, uh, which then once you have, we had appointed Moseneke, uh, it meant you, you, you didn't have time now. Whatever Moseneke decides, you would have had to play to work within that limited time. And then that they made yet another bad decision. Instead of going to parliament, they went to court. And obviously, and, and that was a serious blunder, uh, going to court to ask for an extension of the period of elections. When there's no law, a law pre prescribes that we can only have within five years, then you have a grace period of 90 days. That's when you need to have a new election. Uh, uh, so there's no law that says you can you can have elections beyond the the grace period of 90 days. So to go to have gone to the to the constitutional court to say extend when there's no law that enables that was 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 ill thought out, uh, drastically so, and and unusually so for the IEC. But but someone, Prof, might say, look, the the, the poor IEC were dealing with unique circumstances of COVID, that that they had never run an election in under conditions of, of a pandemic in terms of how free well, in, in terms them. of how free or unfree or less free the, the election might then turn out to be. You, you don't think that they, they had any grounds. Well provide we have the benefit, as I said, of more than 150 or so countries that have done the same thing. Those countries that also not run the election under pandemic conditions. You know, so at mm -hmm. least uh, we had the benefit of those countries' experiences. Uh, and we had by-elections. So, I mean, they were saying prior to appointing Moseneke, they were saying, now we have a plan. We've learned uh, uh, valuable lessons from the by-elections. And all of a sudden, they turn around and say, oops, please, judge, come help us. I mean, that was, that was, I was quite timid. Uh, I, I, uh, I think I wasn't uh, impressed at all with that. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, uh, so I won't get, uh, the, the prof made it earlier on, made a distinction between, and I'm paraphrasing, between smart politicians and not so smart politicians, right? In terms of uh, worrying about their their credibility. So if after Helen Ziller's performance specifically, do you think that she comes out stronger or discredited in the eyes of her own supporters? Ramayek, she comes out discredited. I, I, I don't think um, I don't think South Africans should take her should take uh, some of the stuff that she says seriously. Um, I was watching one interview. She's saying that the ANC, um, the reason why it withdrew its application, she suspects that um, they had a pretty astute idea of the thinking of the judges of the Concord. And she says that she does not mean that it was the judges themselves who were tipped of the ANC, uh, but she believes that people at the Concord had tipped of the ANC. Then she goes on to say she does not have any evidence to back up a claim, which is just ridiculous for any leader who takes himself or herself seriously to go on a public platform make such insinuations, cast aspersions on an institution like the Concord, and then expect us to, to take it seriously. I, I think she's not, will not come out smelling of roses. And it's, and it's a very, uh, very dangerous statement to make when you are going towards an election and then to cast aspersion on institutions like the Concord and the IEC, and, and, and because that creates um, an environment for, for people uh, to doubt whatever outcome of the of the of this election, I think she 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 won't come out smelling of roses out of this. The DA, I hope I hope I hope that DA voters are smart enough to to ignore whatever she's saying because in other countries, Mike, that 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 is um, good enough to ignite um, conflict that will go on for years. And and we've just come out of a, of a period where there was looting over a matter related to an institution like the Concord. So. She was, I think her comments were very much irresponsible. Just off the back of what, what, what Sbamagunke was saying about people, you know, the potential for people not to, to, to believe so much or, 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 or to, to, to give credence to the outcome of something like an election. Should we not be holding political leaders to a higher standard in how they engage on, on, on issues like this? Because they've got people who follow them and if 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 a, 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 a which gives them a lot of power and influence to say should we not be saying because you've got influence you've got a greater responsibility in how you behave and what you say well i mean politics is is also about telling stories from I, uh and 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 some politicians are tend to exaggerate more than others and and more Almost all of them don't allow facts to get in the way of a good story. Um, Jacob Zuma is fond of telling all sorts of stories. He's, he has conspiracies and he can have you in stitches. And it's very easy to believe what he says because he puts facts that, or issues or details that look similar. And out of that, he tells you no, that's actually the truth. We have Malema who believes that the state has all the money is to solve everybody's problems. So that's populism. These are populist leaders. Uh, you have a Helen Zille who, who, uh, who's returned to politics, who has come back as a, as a conservative, uh, pandering to the prejudice of conservative right-wing constituency. And so her anti-state corruption thing works with her. 
most or some of her supporters believe that this country is going down to the dogs. So she feeds them with that rhetoric. Um, you may have a Tabombeki who believes that, well, tell no lies, claim no easy victories. So, you know, he will intellectualize and tell you about Yates and there will be some people who listen, some who don't listen. So these politicians come in different shades, right? And what they say uh, is pretty much shaped by the constituency that they are speaking to, by what they think will appeal to a particular constituency. So it is in the nature of politics. You can, you can, you can uh, hope and urge them to tell the truth uh, because lies obviously have the potential to destabilize as we have seen in the United States. I mean, the CNN had a poll about two weeks ago that about 75% of the Republicans believe that Biden stole the elections. And that's the kind of talk that, that gets people to resort to extreme measures because they believe the institutions are not working. It's a conspiracy. So, so you do want some responsible, truthful talk from politicians, but they are politicians, Premike, you know. That's what Reach they do too far, bro. Huh? Reach too far. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shall we go to the next uh, big story of the week? That of uh, Kosatu opting to once more support the ANC in elections. Small, do, do you want to just give us the background as to what's going on there? Because I, I thought that because of the public sector wage dispute, uh, Kosatu might be less enthusiastic uh, this time around. So, Bramaik, um it's a debate that keeps coming up uh, whenever there is some kind of, of of conflict or whether the elections are coming. Um, you, the, the, the unions of within Kosatu have, have, have different appro- approaches and ideas about how to um, to to promote the federation forward. You can remember with the time with Numsa, the same thing happened. They 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 first withdrew the support uh, uh, for, of the ANC and they were the biggest union, they had the money um, but they eventually left Kosatu and, and, and they did it, they did it up to, to, to this week's central committee, we, we heard that Nehau was actually um, pushing for them for 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 the for Kosato to leave the alliance and 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 it is precisely because of uh, of a dispute uh, labor dispute that it has with the government in terms of um, the the salaries and, um, and 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 there was that talk that that this is the position that now was going to push in the in the central committee now that Kosato has come out to say it's um it's it's going to support the NC it means that the view was defeated um but Pramai, you must remember that how um is the biggest uh Kosatu union and 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 it largely organizes in the public sector and it, it will use um uh, the, the, that influence it has to 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 bargain and um, i think it was a strategy by by, by now to try and and, and and enforce government uh by by threatening the anc that uh, they, they may actually pull out but the how and and, and 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 its leaders have um are entrenched within the ANC and and, and they were one of the of, of the unions that uh are, are accredited for making sure that President Ramaphosa was elected in Nazareth. And, and, and I think this was just a threat and 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 and, and, and the outcome has proven that Kosatu will actually support the ANC. Prof, let me ask you this, because it's something that we, we have lived with for the last 27 years, just about. Um, this, this 
idea that uh, that that Kosatu is critically important uh, in an election for the ANC and that it brings something, that extra something. Does it actually bring an, an extra something in an election? In other words, if Kosatu were not supporting the ANC, uh, would it make much of a difference? Or is it is it like a mythical kind of uh, support thing? Or does it actually bring voters out uh, to support the ANC? It's real, bro, Mike. Uh, it's real, uh, practical, and very useful. Um, remember, the ANC, when you have an election, you, lot of, you need a lot of people to vouch for you. Uh, to spread the word for you. You need them to act as volunteers. Uh, you might even require some kind of support in terms of your the, of the material that you need for, for the campaign. So COSATU, oftentimes they do that. Um, and some of them, remember, um, are members of the ANC who are active in, in branches. Um, so if they have a gripe with the ANC uh, as Kosatu, it's quite possible then that they can use the ANC membership to influence opinion against the ANC. And it also means that they will draw their support, their own campaign. Um, I mean, I remember with, uh, is it NUMSA? Uh, and NUMSA being, being largest in, in Nelson Mandela Metro when they decided not to support the ANC anymore. It was quite terrible for the ANC. Uh, and they had fights with Kosato. Uh, and because of the absence of NUMSA, the Workers' Day, uh, May rally of 2016, if I recall well, or 2015, I think it was 2015, there was a lot in terms of political activity. Um, so so their withdrawal from ANC politics, Kosato, had a discernible impact, damaging impact on the ANC's capacity to campaign, to make itself visible. Uh, and of course, uh, whether or not they become a credible political party, something else altogether, because NUMSA as the party, they, they didn't go anywhere. Now, the, 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 let, 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 let's, uh, Prof, you're saying that Kosatu does actually bring something to the party, to the table, right? Um, what do they get in return that they could not get by themselves, that they could not get by themselves as an organized force of, of, the, of the left, if you like, or, or in the economy? Well, the, the, this whole idea that, uh, you know, it always, the pastures always look green on the other side. It's, uh, it's true, bro, Mike, you know, um, because Nomsa thought that they would do well uh, outside of the ANC. They set up the Socialist Party. It's so obscure that I can't even remember if the name is correct. That's how invisible they have become. And they were the largest uh, union within Kosatu, made the loudest noise. Uh, but as a party, they just did not gain traction uh, because you know the African constituency, the Black constituency has diverse interests. And some of them, even though they might be critical of the ANC, doesn't mean that they necessarily want socialism now. <laughs> Remember, the ANC is a, is a centrist party. Uh, so you can't entirely blame it of having gone liberal or right-wing and that it has neglected the poor. That argument, I mean, it's giving the poor 350 now from COVID and our safety network. Uh, 
uh, grants and, and social welfare network is massive. Um, you can blame the ANC for not having done a lot of things wrong, but uh, the, the argument that it has neglected the poor can't quite stick. And that's the argument that Numsa had when it left to form their party, saying that they are going to promote a socialist alternative. But there's no traction for that. Um, so, you know, uh, it, it, what that tells you is that it's a lot easier being in, in proximity to power so that we can whisper whatever you want to whisper. Uh, the ANC wants to have labor as allies because it, it, it validates its, its, its rhetoric as a, as a disciplined force of the left, uh, the leader of the people, the masses. You know, you can't claim to lead the masses if you don't have at least trade unions behind you. So that claim is somewhat, uh, the appeal is limited. So they do want Kosatu behind, behind them. And so even though they know that Kosatu might not leave, but at times they do take those threats. They, they make concessions. They make concessions because they don't want to push Kosatu too far because, you know, um, even though you don't believe that they will, they will uh, leave, but you don't want to create conditions for them, uh, for that state to be intolerable. So it works best for Kosato. I think they've figured out to stay with it. You can whisper one or two things to the ANC. You might not get two, you might just get one. And of course, some of them know that uh, the route to, to uh, higher positions in government is through the ANC. Um, that's why they always bargain. I mean, they always bargain. Kosato party, uh local government provincial they always insist that a certain quota of post must go to kosatu so there's there are personal ambitions here uh salaried positions that they are yearning for so it's not just about the workers but it's about personal ambitions okay and and the, the last word goes to you the the tensions that you were talking about in kosatu between how and satu do do you see them uh, being managed uh, effectively, or do you think that we may be heading for another another splinter group uh, out of Kosatu? I, I think Pramati Senate Committee is going to manage um, th- those those divisions. Uh, I think they will come out of of that meeting um, having agreed um, on 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 a lot of issues that they are, they disagree on. Whether whether uh, the intervention of the central committee would be uh, would be able to 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 contain it uh, going forward, um, it, it remains to be seen because it's also linked on um, on 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 what the, the 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 ANC government brings on the table. Whether they are willing uh, to go back to 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 the 2018 um, um, uh, wage agreement and, and, and implement it, and whether whatever they bring on the table as an alternative um, really uh, satisfy Nehau and and, and 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 these constituencies, and and but but it also depends on the on the interest of the leaders of Nehau, as 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 the prof has, has stated that um, it's also about the leadership. Um, uh, interest and and whether um, and the, the, what they are being promised is enough for them to say no. Actually, we are now withdrawing from this position and we are hundred percent behind the 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 ANC led alliance. 
Okay, let's wrap it up there for this week's uh, episode of the Sunday Times Politics Weekly. And I'd like to thank our guests uh, for this week's conversation, uh, Professor Mkwebisi Nzechana, who teaches politics at uh, the University of Johannesburg, and uh, Smoagonke Shoba, who's the Sunday Times Politics Editor. And by the way, you can find a podcast of this conversation on iona.fm, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or wherever you prefer to source your podcasts. Until next time, we still say stay safe, sanitize, wear the mask, and avoid crowded places. I'm Mike Siluma signing off. <laughs>